everybody, it's Neil Ronahan with another episode of Cube Fight. I'm joined today by my partner in crime, Andy Gergen. Hi, it's me. I'm the partner in crime, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, this month's episode is Disney's Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse versus Super Mario Sunshine. Two mascots. The mascot battle. Yeah, like this is this is a weird pairing, at least in my eyes. Like, I kind of forgot that Disney and Nintendo and Capcom work together on this weird Mickey Mouse exclusive for GameCube. So if you're so if you're just joining us, what Cube Fight is is it's a it's a podcast where we take only first party Nintendo published GameCube games and make them fight and duke it out. So you might be wondering to yourself, how is it Nintendo published a first party Mickey Mouse game? Like I don't know about you, I actually did not know this was a thing until you told me it was on our list of games to, to cover. I, I always thought it was a Capcom. I mean, it's it's developed by Capcom, but I thought like Capcom published it, but I was wrong. When you were telling me uh, Miyamoto was literally a producer on this yep. game. Which, uh, well, we'll get into the specifics of that in a, in a little bit, but okay, let's, uh, let's do a quick recap of the year that is 2002. So last... Uh, so we've been doing this for a couple episodes. This is episode six, five, five. I think it's five. Um, so we did 2001, and our champion there was Super Smash Brothers Melee. It, it took the three other comers and, and won. So far in 2002, we've just had Eternal Darkness versus NBA Courtside 2002, and Eternal Darkness took that. Uh, and now we have a Mickey game versus a Mario game. And that's that's that. I guess uh, let's let's talk about this Mickey game. This is a this is a very strange beast. It is a point and click adventure um, that is clearly aimed at young children. Like there is no doubt about it. This is not a game that is trying to appeal to all ages. This is very much a very slow paced um, point and click adventure uh, where most of the puzzles are are very easy to solve and most of the um, the story is pretty thin. I don't know. Like this game, it blows my mind that this is a Nintendo published game because this is, yeah. this is by far the weakest game we, we have, it, you know, it, it's, it's the old quandary. How, yeah. how do, how do a bunch of 30 year old 30 plus year old GameCube enthusiasts, uh, really cover a kid's game. Like this is not aimed at us. Um, I may actually, maybe, I'll put, maybe, well, it's sorry. Well, go ahead. The, I think the, problem with this is it's a bad kids game like that's that's the issue it's not that it's a kids game because i I mean i've i've reviewed good kids games before and like yeah it might not necessarily appeal to me but like i can see like okay yeah i can understand why a child would enjoy this game or i've like you know thrown a game at my niece and 
seen her enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, that's why a kid would like this game. But me as an adult, I don't like it as much. But the thing with Disney's Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse is that it's just not a good game. It's this weird point and click that's loosely based off of uh, like an old Mickey short. I think it's, uh, what is it? The, mm-hmm. the one where he goes through the mirror. Um, literally, uh, yeah, through the mirror, the, the Mickey Mouse cartoon from the 30s. Uh, and it's and it's based off of that. And it's just, no. it's not good. It's just a really boring point and click adventure game. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I I was I was pretty baffled pretty quick in terms of like why anyone would would give us any time, but um amazingly we actually gave it a pretty decent score back in the day. Uh who re- who reviewed this game for PGC? David Okay. David Trammell reviewed it. He okay. gave it a 7 out of 10. It's not a bad score. And uh let's see. Yeah, aim squarely at young kids. That's a pro. I had a link up with the Magical Quest port that was on Game Boy Advance, so so I guess that was pretty neat. I had good music, and I guess this, you know what, this was released at a time where point and click adventures weren't, yeah, were were kind of dead. Like it's it's like when New Super Mario Brothers came out on DS, and people were really excited about that. And I think over time, as we've been saturated with two D platformers, like New Super Mario Brothers on DS isn't seen as as good of a game. But two thousand five, that oh, game yeah. is was the hotness. And maybe that happened a little bit with this Mickey game, but it is it is actually looking at the pros and cons. There is one pro that is aimed squarely at kids. A con is aimed <laughs> squarely at young kids. Uh, a pro is that the GBA link exists. A con is that it's used poorly. Uh, there's good music, but there's not a lot of it, and uh, it's a bad point-and-click adventure game. I don't know why this got a yeah, seven. I... Skimming this review, I have no idea. Like. Maybe our scoring system was flawed. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's it's up to the reviewer to decide, you know, what they think is best. But I'd be curious to see what the average review, average score that reviewer had was uh, in that same time period. But um, yeah, I mean, like on on Metacritic, it got like a 50 out of 100. Like, so it was seen as, you know, an average game, which I guess by the scale that people use. IGN gave it a 4.8. Not not a good, not a good score for, for, for Mickey. But so the development history of this, which which I guess is a little a little bit of note, probably the most notable thing about this game, maybe, uh, was shown first at Space World 2001, where there was you know that was kind of like the GameCube unveiling, um, or I guess like the the final reveal because uh, Space World would have been like a month before it came out in Japan, if that I think less than that actually, and they showed off this Disney game, uh, this Mickey game that Nintendo was working on with Capcom and Disney, which, you know what, if that got announced now, we'd all lose our minds. I I don't remember losing my mind in 2001, but, like, I, I think I vaguely remember this game being revealed, and it looked like it was a 2D platformer, right. like the Magical Quest game on Super Nintendo, which is, I don't think it's the best 2D platformer with Mickey in it from that era, but, that, like, Magical Quest is a And there was, totally the, there was the Castle game, of Illusion but, games you know, on Genesis. Like, there was a there was a, a standard yeah. sort of Mickey platformer genre at that point, really. Yeah, and it was... And so, so people hoped it would be like that. It would be like Magical Quest for the Super Nintendo. And then it finally got revealed at E3 2002, and it was not that. It was a point-and-click adventure. That then came out two months later, and then we yeah. kind of never heard of it again. Um, Miyamoto produced it, though, so so that happened, um, and yeah, it came out 
August August 9th, 2002 in Japan, August 13th, 2002 in North America, and then September in Europe and Australia. And yeah, after that, I don't think anybody really cared about Disney Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse ever again. I certainly don't. <laughs> and I, I don't have no. anything else to say about this game. It's just like, I, I, I was hoping like, oh, maybe this would be that bad, or the, maybe this wouldn't be that bad, and, and, it, and it is that yeah. bad. It's a bad game should feel bad about it so. probably not going to get a 3ds remake or virtual console release of this game anytime soon so don't hold yep. your breath for that So let's move on to the next game and the game that I, I I think it's almost safe to say that the game that will be competing at the next stage of Cube Fight here, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, which came out in July 2002 in Japan and then came out in August in America and then September in Canada. came out later in Canada. That's weird. And then it came out in Europe and Australia in October of 2002. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine is the sequel to Super Mario 64. Uh, this game at launch, I will be totally honest. Actually, didn't I did either. not buy it. I didn't buy this game until summer summer vacation after school that year. Well, that would have been. Wait, it came out well, in August. No, well, so. hold on. Came out in August. I thought it came out in the. Sp- mm-hmm. You know what? I bought it the following summer. I didn't play this game for almost a full year after it came out. Because I played the, I played this game in the summer of two thousand and three. I just had friends who had it that I played. I probably, I think that fall I had a friend who lived near me that I played this game over his house and kind of felt satisfied with it. Like I, (laughs) another, another, I guess, weird thing about my gaming past. I, my first owned copy of Super Mario 64 was, was when I moved in with my now wife. Oh, wow. And we merged our video game collections. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's like this weird gap. It's not that I didn't play Super Mario 64. Like I had, I had friends down the road from me who got a Super Mario sixty four like the day it came out, pretty much, and I played Super Mario sixty four over their house like every day for months. So I, I beat Super Mario sixty four to death, bro. Um, and then when I finally got an N sixty four for my birthday in March of nineteen ninety seven, I, I just didn't get Super Mario sixty four. I was like, well, I already played it. Why should I get this game? I didn't get it either when I first got my N sixty four. When I first got my N sixty four, I, I bought um. Ocarina of Time, actually, it was like one of the first games I got with it because I, I got it. I got my N64 a few years later, 
Um, I got yeah. Super Mario 64, I think, for a, a Christmas one of the following years from my parents. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have Mario 64 until probably 1999, maybe. And, uh, and, and I had played it off and on. And that, that's probably one of the reasons that game is not as near and dear to me as others. I mean, I ha- I remember the first time I saw it, and I remember how I felt when I f- saw it for the first time. And I played it off and on at friend's house, but I didn't really sink my teeth into Mario 64 until I had already played Ocarina of Time. And that will color your perception of of a revolutionary game like Mario. Um, Sunshine, I remember that it came out and my friend Brett, who lived downstairs in the dorm from me, he had picked it up and he wasn't that crazy about it. Um, So I played it a little bit at his place. Um, My other friend Aaron, who I usually played games with, I don't think he had it either. Uh, so this game was something that I picked up, uh, yeah, basically a full year later, um, when I was effectively home for the summer after, after I graduated, I guess, cause I graduated in May of 2003. So this was when I was back living with my parents after college, trying to figure out what to do with my life. <laughs> this is one of the two games that I played. I remember the very first time I ever played Mario Sunshine, it was storming out. It was cloudy and storming out. And so like, it was just dark and foreboding outside my window and then on my tv it was just bright and sunny and it was this weird contrast i was alone in the house and it was one of those moments that just sort of kind of burns your burns into your memory doesn't doesn't quite go doesn't quite ever go away yeah i mean for me it's it's i guess if you want to feel old uh, i played super mario sunshine uh freshman year of college or high school yeah i mean that's that's about right (laughs) (laughs) um but, but yeah a lot of my experiences with this game early on was like i said i played it over friends' houses, and I played a little bit of the opening levels, but most of the time that I experienced it was, uh, like, playing with friends who owned it as they were, like, trying to get all the blue coins, trying to get the later stars, or or shines, rather. And my perception of the game was colored a lot by the difficulty that, that happens in the back half of this game. So I kind of stayed away from it because I was just like, oh, you know... If I want to play a 3D Mario game, I'm going to play Mario 64. I got that on DS and was kind of like that. That satisfied my 3D Mario itch for a while. And Sunshine can just kind of, you know, I I don't feel an urge to ever really play it that much. Uh, that changed a couple years after. Um, probably, I think I was in college at the time. So, like, I want to say, like, 2007. Probably, I think it was after Galaxy. I went back and played through Sunshine. And it kind of blew me away. Uh, I... I still think that the back half of the game is needlessly like hard in a bad way because like the blue coin stuff is really like, it sucks. You know, honestly, I don't think I ever got more than about 75 or 80 shines in this game, which probably also colors my perception of the game. I never bothered with the back half of the game. Yeah. And that's, that's how I play it now. Like when I, when I did play it back in like 07, 08, like I did try to make an earnest effort to like get on 120 because with Galaxy, that's that's what I did. I devoured oh, yeah. that game. I got all 120. I I think I got all 120 again in that game. Like that's how much I was into Galaxy back in 2007. Yeah. So I wanted to do that in Sunshine, but it just it no no it was really hard. So last year for the NWR Telethon, which by the way, uh, if you hear this uh, around close to when we're posting it on October 15th, we're doing a live episode of Cube Fight. Um. It'll be Animal Crossing versus Star Fox Adventures, and we'll be doing it live. We might have special guests. It should be pretty cool. October 15th at about 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Is it Eastern? Yeah, okay. 
Uh, but we'll be doing that. But at the telethon last year, we had a we had an hour on Super Mario Sunshine. So before that, I played through the game and basically got like, uh, I think I got like forty or fifty shines in and was like, this is as much as I want to play this game. Basically, like get get to the final boss, which I think you need like sixty shines yeah. or something, um, and then just end it. Like don't don't worry about being a completionist. Just get what you need to see the see the end credits. And I think. In the context of that, I think Super Mario Sunshine stands up alongside the best of 3D Mario games. But as as a full 120 shine star experience, I think it's probably the worst 3D Mario game. Yeah, that's fair. There's only two 3D Mario games that I've sort of completed, and that would be uh, the first Galaxy and uh, Mario 3D Land. Now, and first Galaxy, I I actually didn't complete the first Galaxy game because I didn't get that bullshit last star that requires that you play through the game all the way twice. Um, but I did get 120 stars in in the first Galaxy. Uh, Mario 64. I, I, I'm I'll be honest. I'm not sure I've ever completed Mario 64 at all. I've ever. I'm not sure I've ever even fought Bowser in that game. Um, not even the first time? I don't know that I... Well... It happens like an hour No, game, yeah, maybe. yeah, that's right, that's right. I don't know if I've ever, like, seen the credits in Mario 64. Maybe once. I don't remember. That's how, like, monumental it wasn't for me. Um, so I, I realized with Mario 64, I don't think I've... I don't Like, I got 120 stars playing with friends in, like, 1996, 1997. And I think over time, my talent at that game has completely disappeared. Yeah. Like I was, I was actually, I was playing a little bit the other day when we were doing a live stream and realized that I'm just bad at this game. Like a little bit of it that like 3D games have come a long way as far as like, uh, you know, like the, 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 I guess the quality of the controls, just that's what's happened over time. People have learned how to navigate it better. And there's just like, I'm, I'm not as good as that game because I've been, I'm used to playing modern 3D games and not 1996 3D games. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen the credits in Sunshine, but it was once again one of those things where I did it once and then put the game back down and never really walked back up to it. Uh, and it's 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 a game that I have very fond memories of, and I think part of the reason that I have such fond memories of it is because, unlike other Mario games, unlike other 3D Mario games at least, maybe Galaxy ex- accepted... Uh, Sunshine has a very strong sense of place and location. Every other Mario game takes place in a variety of locations. You go to an ice world, you go to an underground world, you go to a desert world, you go to a world that maybe looks like cake for some reason. Um, Maybe you go to an outer space world. But Sunshine is a resort. Every every world in Sunshine looks like uh, there's a theme park and there's a number of beaches and there's like a, a resort hotel. Uh, it feels like a real location, which is weird for a Mario game because there's no reason for a Mario to be in a real location. Um, but I just remembered loving being there. That's what Mario Sunshine is to me. Mario Sunshine is being on vacation. It is. It's so it, cool. it just feels like being on vacation. The water effects and the water, the graphics for the water just they blew me away when I saw them for the first time, and they they still look pretty damn yeah. good. And like it's it's not. Um, I mean, we'll we'll talk about like good looking GameCube graphics with Star Fox Adventures on the next episode. But like it it looks like it's like really good looking 2002 water effects, but like they hold up. Yeah, 
And another thing that Mario Sunshine does really well is it's basically the only mainline Mario game to dramatically alter Mario's moveset. Uh, It really speaks to one thing that I love about GameCube-era Nintendo. GameCube-era Nintendo was not going to just iterate on an N64 design and put it on GameCube. They wouldn't just release Ocarina of Time 2. They had to dramatically change up the art style. They wouldn't, well, eventually they would go on to just release Ocarina of Time 2 in the form of Twilight Princess, but that's neither here nor there. That's Wii-era Nintendo. That, 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 well, no, that'll be the end of the GameCube. Right, exactly. Um, we will get yeah. there. It'll happen uh, and, in, like, three and years. And they, they weren't going to just release Mario 64 too. They wanted to do something to justify another game. Now, this is this is the sort of thing that I have found myself criticizing Nintendo for later on. Well... Why can't they just make another Super Metroid? Why do they have to have a, a really good game design idea to do that? Well, I think it just came easier for them in 2002 because the the, the water pack, Flood, is brilliant. It's executed brilliant. There's, a th- what, three or four different modes. All of them are valuable. All of them feel great. Um, quite frankly, when Mario lost the 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 water pack in either the mid the mid game bonus stages or in the next Mario game it felt like you were missing something that you had grown reliant on I I love using the yeah. water pack it it's it actually I think the water pack solves a lot of problems that you ran into in Mario sixty four like it kind of gives you that like that fine tuning ability with three D jumps which was I mean that was a tough thing to kind of judge and do in sixty four and I think the water pack solved a lot of that. And I know, I know the development of Flood um, as Nintendo kind of worked on this because there were there was a while where uh, I think there were, there were plans for a straight up Super Mario sixty four two like I think like they were gonna have like Luigi might have been a playable character like there were a lot of a lot of things that cooked between nineteen ninety six and two thousand two between sixty four and Sunshine and they finally settled on this water pack idea idea I think pretty much because of how unique it was because they could do something new with it that would add to how Mario controlled in 3D and kind of fix some issues with it. And I know that, I think the water pack, I mean, like, I think it was the same team that worked on Sunshine created the water pack stuff, but I think it was almost like a Splatoon-like idea that they were going to use original characters for it at one point, but then realized it was kind of a very good fit for Mario. Yeah, I mean, it's it worked great. I don't know that I love the, like, water gun aspect of the game where you're trying to like no, spray I... things off of the side of sides of surfaces like that's not great but the the hover mechanic yeah. and the and the jet mechanic are just they're so much fun they 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 really they really bring something new to the game and uh it's it's a lot of fun to watch them do that i really wish they would revisit it in another mario game and i hope that they will eventually it hasn't been so long that we've all forgotten about it although it has been 14 years um, yeah, I mean it's it, the flood has showed up in in Super Smash Brothers sure, games. Sure, it's not it's not lost to time. I mean it's it's niche at this point. It's not it's not like a you know a big part of Mario's past, but it's still there. And the other reason I think that Sunshine is worth noting is that to me, when I think of the GameCube, I think of Mario Metroid Zelda. Like there are three core titles. They all came out within like a year, year and a half of each other. That to me defined what the GameCube meant, and I know that Melee is also a great game, and Pikmin is also a great game. Um, but to me, the core trio—this is the first time I think that I was so excited for those core trio that Mario, Metroid, Zelda, 
and this is the first one. This is this is where this is the first of those three titles. It's really the beginning of what I, I think defined my favorite Nintendo console. I guess, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mario Sunshine is a hell of a game. Uh, kind of touching on the people who made this game possible. Uh, one of its directors is Yoshiaki Kozumi, who at this point uh, he's like the head of EPD at this point, or I guess his technical title is deputy manager. Um, he's been affiliated with EAD Tokyo, or I guess it's EPD Tokyo now in the, the most recent restructuring. Uh, Koizumi has a pretty incredible history. Uh, he started off his first, the first game that he ever worked on at Nintendo was A Link to the Past. Uh, he wrote the script for Link's Awakening. He was a co-director on Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and The Wind Waker. Nice. Uh, he was an assistant director on Mario 64. Uh, then he was the director on Super Mario Sunshine. And then after that, he worked on Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, Super Mario Galaxy, um, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Super Mario 3D Land, Super Mario 3D World, NES Remix, Ultimate NES Remix, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Basically, if if Anuma has become the face of Zelda, which, I mean, he, he very clearly is, Koizumi is kind of like that for 3D Mario at this point. I mean, he's not as he's not as out there. Like he's definitely he's he showed up at E3s and stuff in recent memory. Like I know he was talking about 3D Land and 3D World, but I mean he hasn't gotten to that ubiquitous nature of of an EG Anuma for Zelda. But Koizumi has shepherded 3D Mario and been a part of it since Mario 64. Nice. Well, he's doing a great job because 3D Mario is a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and I think, I mean, this is not a popular opinion, but I think Sunshine is one of my probably top, top three 3D Mario games. I would personally, I would pick it up over Mario sixty four. I would personally pick it up over Galaxy two. I would personally pick it up over three D World. Um, Galaxy one and three D Land are maybe the only two three D Mario games that I hold in higher esteem than Sunshine. And I know that's not like. Not not all that common of an of an opinion to hold, but I I just really enjoy spending time in this game. I think it's so much fun to go to these levels. I love the theme park level, the roller coaster. I love it's oh, just God. I just love exploring that island. It's so much fun to just bomb around that island, and it's why in Galaxy Two and and 3D Land and 3D World, I think taking out that exploration of a hub world really hurt the game. I mean, Sunshine was really the last. I mean, you know, Galaxy had the the very limited hub hub world, but uh and that like that was enough for me with Galaxy. Like yeah, I, I, would I agree. replayed a bit of Galaxy kind of recently and like that hub world was enough to give you that sense of place. Right. And, and it's really it's something that I found very lacking in Galaxy 2. Yeah. And I you know, effectively if if Mario 64 and Sunshine are a different type of 3D Mario game than things like Galaxy and 3D World and 3D Land. This is the last one that we got. This is it. It's those two games, and this is the final of those two games. Yeah. Maybe we'll see another one someday that has you know a lot of exploration and nooks and crannies to explore. But um, But for now, it's these two games, and of those two games, this is the one that I enjoy spending time in. Doesn't mean I think it's a. Doesn't mean I think it is a more important game. And it doesn't mean I think it is a more influential game or or a, even a 
I don't know. I'm not even sure I'd say it's a better game. It is a game that I enjoy spending time with more. Yeah, I I get that. I definitely do. Should we uh, put some arbitrary numbers on these games? Uh, let's go over the reviews of Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, yeah, first. let's do we that. We have four reviews of Super Mario Sunshine. Well, didn't everyone on staff get a copy yes. of the imported uh, game? We also have a ridiculous Super Mario Sunshine guide. Uh, that So the game came out like you know a month and change early in, in Japan. Uh, it came out in July, came out in August in America. So at the time, I think that... I think that Planet GameCube might have had some deal with, like, was it, like, Leak Sang or something like that? Like, one of those import places. So I think that it was very affordable to get a bunch of copies, import GameCubes, and import um, copies of Super Mario Sunshine. Um, any any former PGC vets that want to correct me on this, feel free to email us at cubefight at nintendoreport.com because I'd probably have this a little wrong. But basically everybody on staff got Super Mario Sunshine. And they all contributed to this giant guide that we did that I believe is still up on Game FAQs if you if you want to go check it out. Um, Absolutely. So we have four reviews. The first one is from one Dr. Jonathan Metz. Uh, he was, I've heard of that guy. He was a mister back then in July 28th, 2002. He gave it a 10 out of 10, adding to the legacy of 3D Mario games. I got 10 out of 10. Uh, his, his pros, uh, he loved the graphics, the music, the controls. Um, love the the secrets that were all over the place. The great polished gameplay. Um, he called it the biggest, longest, most satisfying single player ex- experience on the GameCube, and that there was a lot of nice retro touches. His cons were that there was a little bit of slowdown. The final boss fight kind of blows, and the propeller nozzle is underused, which I would totally agree with that. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is this game's incredible, and I think that I think Johnny kind of touches on it. Uh, our, our other reviews, um, we have another one from July 29th, so a day later, we had another review. It was from Billy Berghammer, who now works at Mr. Nintendo himself, working over there in the treehouse, um, our our lord and founder. Um, he gave it a 9.5. Um, he had some issues with Collision, and he said that the voice cast was bad outside of Charles Martinet. This was this is a weird game, because there was like a full voice cast. Yeah, there was. There was a lot of voice acting. Except Mario basically only said, woohoo! Yep. Martin A just doing Martin A things. Yeah. Um, on the So the day after Billy posted his review, we had our third review from Rick Powers. It was also 9.5. But then, in September, Adam Contras, who was instrumental in making the Planet GameCube DVD happen from mm-hmm. E3, uh, E3 2003, I believe. Right? Or was that 2002? Uh, 2002, I think. Yeah, it was 2002. Um, he gave it an 8 out of 10. And he said that, you know, after weeks of play, the negatives started to pile up, but it's still a great game. So his comments were that all levels have the same island theme, total lack of variation. Gameplay becomes boring and repetitive halfway through, which actually, no, I 100% agree with that. Like, in every way. Like, that's that's what I was just saying, where it's just like, play through half of this game and then stop, because it, that's that's where it peaks. Well, and, you know, you can say that the island theme and every level being part of the island theme is a, is a con if you want. To me, I think that when you pick up a, when you pick up a, a newer th- a 3D Mario game like a um, Galaxy 2 or a 3D Land or a 3D World and, like, every level just feels like a a new thing, like, there is no play. I don't, I don't feel like right now in current 3D Mario games I have an idea of 
the kind of place Mario inhabits. Like the Mushroom Kingdom, I can kind of picture what that looks like, but I can't picture what Mario's world looks like anymore because yeah. it just looks like everything. Yeah. I mean, there's just... It's very just, samey. Yeah, everything kind of just like, well, there's the desert over there and there's the... There's all the pipes and there's the there's the ice level. It just it doesn't feel like a place. It feels like a video game. And that's fine. That's what Mario is, but Sunshine changed that and that's why it's memorable to me. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the reviews for Super Mario Sunshine. I guess now let's get to the uh the pointless throwing of numbers. start with disney's magical mirror uh to catch everybody up uh we score these games using our our flights of fancy and whimsy on three categories legacy slash importance test of time and fun factor it's uh one through ten with 0.5 intervals it's just like our review system and i guess that's kind of where we're kind of basing this i don't know we're just making up numbers so andy how about you start us off with legacy slash importance for disney's magical mirror Sure. Uh, Disney's Magical Mirror uh, is not important, and it has no legacy. <laughs> uh, I give this game a 2 out of 10 on legacy slash importance. Alright, I'm I'm going to change it up, because lately I've been the more negative one on these numbers. I'm going to give Disney's Magical Mirror, starring Mickey Mouse, a 3 out of 10 in legacy for importance. And I will tell you why it's slightly higher than nothing. Uh, that's because it's still kind of important that Capcom, Nintendo, and Disney made a game together. That's it. That's all. That's. I just don't. Well, th- I don't think it's like when I first thought about this, I was like one or two, and I was just like, no, like it. It it's there's a legacy to it, and it's ambivalence. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Let me let me pose you this question: Were it not for Disney's Magical Mirror, would we have Epic Mickey today? Um. I don't know. I mean, probably. Yeah, but... <laughs> I, I think they're unrelated. <laughs> uh, test of time is the second category, uh, and this basically is the does it hold up question. I don't think this game held up in 2002. Uh, it certainly does not hold up in 2016. So, yeah, another another two. Okay, I'm gonna. For me. I guess I'm gonna catch up to you. I'm gonna give it a one in test of time. Because it's oh, bad. Boy. It's real bad. It's, it's terrible. It's it's very, very bad. Alright, so fun factor. Uh let's just uh <laughs> let's just keep on rolling with these twos. <laughs> this game is terrible. Don't play this game. I don't know why you're I don't even know why you're trying to play this game. Please and, stop. And I guess uh, I'll I'll be I'll be boring as well and just give it a two. So that means we average out twos across the board. Disney's twos. Here. 
everyone loves a good two. Uh, so yeah. let's let's move on to uh, the, the the winner of this this round of cube fight, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Legacy <laughs> sla- slash importance, kick it off. Okay, Mario Sunshine Legacy and Importance. I think we've kind of already hit on a lot of these high points, but this is one of the cornerstone titles for GameCube. It is the 3D Mario game on the console. It is the first time a 3D Mario game was not launched on the console, which is sort of its legacy, I think. Um, It is the first of the core trilogy of first-party Nintendo titles on GameCube, that being sunshine wind waker and metroid prime uh it is the last mario 64 game which is to say the last exploration heavy 3d mario game it is the only 3d mario game that dramatically alters mario's moveset um and yet the game is widely regarded as inferior to most other 3d mario games I, I don't get it, but I also never really got frustrated with the game like a lot of other people did. But if we're if we're talking about the frustration, that's a different category. I feel like this game is, is incredibly important, and I, th- I feel like it has a strong legacy. It does a lot of things no other 3D Mario game does. I feel comfortable giving this game a 9.5. Okay. Um, so for a lot of the same reasons that you said, um, I think this game is hugely important, you know, well... Um, a cornerstone of the GameCube, but I, I, I'm not going as high as a 9.5 because I think that it's kind of gotten forgotten over time. Um, I think that it's like, there's still a legacy that's carried through future Mario games. I mean, PD Piranha came from this game. Uh, so did those weird little kumquat things or whatever the hell, <laughs> uh, like there's Piantas all came from this game. So even in the Mario series, like it's legacy is still alive, but there's that part of me that wishes I could give this like a, a 10, but I just can't. Um, I'm going to give its legacy slash importance in the context of Nintendo and Mario games an 8.5. I mean, and, and that's fair. I can't argue with that. So test of time. Does Mario Sunshine hold up? If you put it in now, how do you feel like this game plays having... Having come off of a lot of other 3D Mario games since then, uh, most recently 3D World in 2013, what do we think about this? I, you know what? I, I think I'm, I'm going to cut you off here. And I think that it holds up really well. Um, maybe I'm just in a moment of weakness. Uh, maybe it's because I was humbled by playing Mario 64 recently and realizing that maybe the controls are a little rough there. I think that Sunshine, with the addition of, of Flood, fixes a lot of the issues with the controls in Super Mario 64 that have kind of cropped up more over time as we've gotten to more more modern control schemes. And I think that Sunshine still works very well today. I feel like I have supreme control over Mario while playing this game. I think in the test of time, I'm going to give it a 9. Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> I think that there's a couple of things that this game that don't age very well about this game, namely the voice the the voice acting is weird. The fact that a Mario game opens with like a ten minute cutscene is yeah, that's, weird. That's still weird. It's like um, endearing because they've never done it since. But yeah, it's weird. I I think one of the things that I love about this game is that is when you first turn the console on, it looks like a movie credits. Like the 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 font and the way the the screen is composed before it even gets to the title screen, 
it looks like you're about to watch a movie. Yeah. It's 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 bizarre. Um I I agree with you on the 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 way Mario controls. I I do think that there are a couple of weird things that make this game feel a little bit dated. Um but I don't know that I can go any lower than you, so I'm going to stick with a 9 as well. All right. So then we go to the big finale that is fun factor. This is sort of a, you know, it's 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 really arbitrary. I mean, fun factor is how much do you enjoy playing this game? Um as I said before, this game is is this game feels like vacation to me. I I I never worried about the back half being too hard because I don't think I ever really felt the need to play this game for that long. Much like when you're on a real vacation, once you've been there for a week, you're you're kind of done. You want to go back to something more substantive. You want to go back to real life or go back to something else. Uh so and also because of the fact that the theme is very limited, I love going there, but it doesn't, the magic doesn't last forever. Uh, so I never felt compelled to stick around for the incredibly difficult collect-a-thon and that, that is at the 60 plus shine mark. So for me, the fun factor is put the game in, play the theme park level for 15 minutes, <laughs> really, really enjoy swimming in the beach for a few minutes. Um, and then, then that's it. And I, and I love it. I think, I think with that being the metric, this game is incredibly fun. Uh, 9.5 for me on this. All right. Um, I think for me, the back half weighs a little more on it than it does for you. So I'm going to give this for fun factor. Uh, it's still fun as hell, though. I'm going to give it a 9. Okay. I mean, all respectable scores. And, I mean, I score this game very high, and I'm not even sure it's my favorite of, of the three core GameCube trilogy games that I referred yeah. to earlier. I mean, we'll we'll get to those. Uh, we'll get to those, but by before the end of the year, I think we'll get to most of them. I just replayed Metroid Prime. I did it on I did it on Wii, but I feel comfortable talking about it as if it were a GameCube game. Uh, I just I just finished playing Metroid Prime uh, last weekend, and it's it's super great. Really holds up. We'll talk about it later. Uh, so should we uh, build a suspense and reveal which one of these two games um, is the right. one, two, three? Super Mario, Super Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Wow. Um, can't believe we settled oh, on that. Wow, that's that crazy. Was a, that was a shock. Okay. Well, <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine is we... a hell of a game. Really, like, I, I think over out of all the games that we've seen enter the cube fight ring so far, I think Super Mario Sunshine might be my second favorite. You know, and one thing we didn't bring up is that this game uses the analog triggers on the GameCube controller, which is one of the reasons we prob- probably we've never seen a remake of it. And probably won't anytime soon. This game, this game, you know, began to get into the sort of controller gimmickry just a little bit uh, that we would see so heavily later on Wii and Wii U, which is going to make it awfully hard for these games to ever get re-released on future consoles. Um, so that's it's unfortunate because I would love to play a 3DS version of Mario Sunshine so much, but it just doesn't really seem possible without pretty dramatically altering the way Flood works. Yeah.
that's, uh, you know, Disney's Magical Mirror Star, Mickey Mouse versus Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine is the winner. That means it will go on alongside Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem as uh, becoming a finalist for the year of 2002. Uh, to look ahead a little bit for the rest of 2002, we still have... Uh, we have three more games that will be joining the fray before then we figure out what the best first-party game of 2002 is. Our next episode, which will be live, it will be uh, in the, the 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time hour, uh, unless it gets changed, um, but it probably won't. Uh, the NWR, our seventh annual telethon for charity, for Child's Play Charity, so go check that out at NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing it live for the kids and we're going to be doing an episode of this, this year podcast, Animal Crossing versus Star Fox Adventures, which should be a, a pretty fierce battle. I think, um, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm actually just now playing Star Fox for the first time. I've never played it before. Yeah. Uh, so should be interesting. Yeah. For me, it's, it's this weird, both Sunshine and Star Fox Adventures were games that I played a year ago for site features. So yeah. they're both pretty fresh in my mind. Kind of, kind of still. Animal Crossing, I actually, I need to crack that open. And, see, like, I, it's been probably, it's been more than 10 years since I've touched that GameCube version. Like, probably yeah. 12, maybe. I, I, like, got into it for a little bit, mainly to play NES games. You know, uh, it's easy to think that the, the, the more recent Animal Crossing games aren't really that different. But I think if you fire up the GameCube game, you'll see that they're actually more different than you might think. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that might that might affect some of my opinion on what Animal Crossing on GameCube is, but but we'll get there soon, and then uh, so we'll have the winner of that. That'll be our third game entering our our five of two thousand two, and then we'll have our last matchup for two thousand two, which will be Mario Party Four versus Cubivore, uh, which that that should be a fun. One. I've never played Mario Party Four before, so I'm gonna gonna have to try to remedy that. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't played either of those games. Um, I, I played a lot of Q before. Before, unfortunately, I don't own it anymore. I never owned it. I borrowed it from a friend, and I think that friend sold her copy. So that I sucks. Hope, I hope she bought a car with the money she got. Yeah, from that. it could have been at least <laughs> an easy, a quick hundred bucks. Uh, oh, and then Metroid Prime gets an automatic berth to the finalist round because let's get real, um, Metroid Prime would would take all comers, uh, and I think is the favorite to to win two thousand two. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. I, I would be hard pressed to vote to vote anything over Metroid Prime, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yes. Uh, so that's that's Cube Fight. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the fifth episode of this year's show. Uh, we look forward to doing more of these with you. If you have any comments or questions, or, or you just want to be like, hey man, you shortchanged Disney's Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse. It's real good. It's Save my marriage. Like, maybe that happened. I don't know. <laughs> uh, email us at cubefight at nintendoworldreport.com. You can also find Andy and myself on Twitter. I am at nron10. And you are, is it at nwrdrewmg? Uh, yeah, nwr, un- is there an underscore? I forget. I, I think it's I nwr know. underscore drewmg. Let me double check that because I don't use that account as often as I do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. NWR underscore Drew MG. That was compelling radio. Um, so yeah, you can follow me there and, and tweet at me there. And lastly, before we go, uh, this entire podcast is kind of made possible by our patrons over at www.patreon.com or 
patreon.com slash nwr uh you can support the show you can hear this episode early you can do a whole lot of other stuff by supporting us for uh i guess two dollars a month if you want to hear this episode early but if you're hearing it and you're not a patron already then it's already live so um sorry uh, but you can hear future stuff early, and you can see future things early, and you can be a part of cool votes. Uh, it's really neat. You should help us survive in this tough media landscape. All right. That's it. All right. Bye, everybody. See you at, see you at the live show. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.